Oh, you guys got a nice little studio there. Eh? Oh yeah, thank you. Yes, we think it's nice. It's nicer than our other setup from like <laughs> many episodes ago when we were sitting oh, on beanbag chairs. Yeah, on the floor. when we first started. Yeah, that yeah. was a little rough. Yeah, this is a lot better. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's more comfortable now. Mm-hmm. As long as we don't have any pictures falling off the wall again. <laughs> the last episode, or was that the last episode? Uh, there was like two or three episodes ago. <laughs> yeah. One of the, like in we're, the middle of the episode, a picture. Me, just me and Taylor were just sitting here chilling. <laughs> were you here too, or no? I was here, but I was not. Uh, on the we episode. were just chilling, and we were just talking to the guy on the on the podcast. And all of a sudden, like two pictures or a picture just fell off the wall. <laughs> yep, yep, <laughs> yeah. Episode is sponsored by Sawyer Products. If you guys have listened to any of this podcast, you know that I go backpacking and I go hiking. And I use Sawyer products pretty religiously. I use their Picaridin to repel bugs. Works really, really well. I also use their filter to filter my water while I'm in the woods. And I, I stand by Sawyer and everything that they do. They filter water for third world countries and everything. Also, I was thinking about this the other day. And if you wanted to use Sawyer and you're not a hiker and you want to use one of their filters, you know, you could just, it's portable enough, you could pack it in one of your bags and then take it on an airplane just in case you crash. And then you could bring it onto an island and have filtered water. So they're saving lives everywhere. Anyways, Sawyer sponsored this episode. We finally have a sponsor. It's awesome. Go check them out. Link will be in the description. Welcome to You Are the Host, the podcast where you are the host. And by you, I mean Angelo. Welcome. How's it going, Angelo? Me, huh? That is Good. you. That does happen to be your name. <laughs> All right. <laughs> How are you doing, guys? Pretty good. Bell. We're doing good. We're just eating Taco Bell <laughs> as as we do. Yep, eating Taco Bell. Uh, if you don't know, um, we are very very big Taco Bell fans in this podcast. <laughs> yeah, nice. we we've had several episodes themed strictly around Taco Bell. So. Uh, Taco Bell jelly mm-hmm. beans. Uh, yeah, Taco Bell birthday cake taco. Mm-hmm. We dressed up as uh, Taco Bell items for Halloween. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, nice. What's your take so on Taco I'm a, Bell? Uh, uh, I'm a sous chef, and my egg guy is a big fan of Taco Bell. He's he's from down in Mexico, and he's he cracks me. He's always like, "Oh, Taco Bell's the best Mexican food." In <laughs> <laughs> he's great. <laughs> is he being serious? Uh, I, you, you know, he he eats a lot of it. <laughs> I'm really surprised uh, that uh, yeah he he will like we'll be at work and we'll be cooking breakfast and he'll straight up uh, uh, order Uber Eats and have Taco Bell delivered to us. You know, <laughs> hey, you know yeah, I will say right I will say Taco Bell breakfast is bar none is delicious. Yeah, that's yeah. what he claims. It's good. Oh, it's... the the breakfast uh, crunch wrap whatever we have AM. we have it like just about every Tuesday. So oh, yeah. I love it. There you go. And this just <laughs> confirms that Taco Bell is authentic Mexican food because his friend says it's the best food ever. So there you <laughs> go. I I never <laughs> even make that argument. I I never make that argument. I think Taco Bell is its own classification. Yeah. It's definitely not authentic, but it's good. Yeah. So you, you said Taco John's, and you never eat tacos from a place named after a toilet, you know. Yeah, <laughs> I, Taco Taco John's Taco John's is okay, I guess. It's, it's fine. Um, I like the Olays, but other than that, like everything else is kind of yeah. meh. And Taco you go there for the least Mexican thing on the menu. Yeah, yeah kind of. <laughs> so uh, you were saying you were a uh, you're a chef. Yeah, uh, I'm a sous chef. Yeah, yeah. I've been in the industry for about twenty plus years. Oh, ooh, experience. And what got you? Yeah, what you got going, or how did you get going down that path? Um, like many, uh, 
when I was like 15, I started as a dishwasher in this local mom and pop Italian restaurant. And mm -hmm. there was a, a chef that worked there that went to our church and was friends with my mom. And she was like, hey, you should hire him as a dishwasher. And so I just started there. And four years later, I was running his kitchen. So wow. I nice. kind of out. And, and then from there, I uh, uh, always had like an outdoor itch and uh, wasn't sure what to do with plans. And we had a guy installing our espresso machine. And he goes, uh, yeah, my daughter just worked in Yellowstone and they give you employee housing. And I was like, well, that sounds cool. And I got nothing else to do this summer. So <laughs> I told some of my buddies when I went back home and, and they're like, hey, that's so we just Googled it and found the website for uh, uh, Zantara Parks and Resorts, actually. And we signed up and they sent us a paper and we're like, hey, you're hired. So we drove out to Montana and worked in Yellowstone and, and I just. They were like, hey, you want to work this winter, too? I was like, I don't have to go home. Oh, wow. <laughs> so, like, <"Hell> yeah. <laughs> so I just kept staying. So that was uh, like in 06, and uh, I've been here ever since <laughs> in Montana. Area and you just, must have been doing yeah, something right, I guess, if they uh, wanted to keep you around. Right. Yeah, it, uh, when you work for the park, it's cool because it's all like seasonal work, and they hire like hundreds of people, and uh, you get to work like all summer in whatever kind of department you want, and then you get like a month and a half break. And uh, during that month and a half, you can collect unemployment and you can travel around and different people that you meet there are all from around the country and around the world. They have a lot of uh, international employees as well. And uh, so yeah, that month and a half, I met friends and we're like, hey, let's go to Oregon for a couple of weeks. And let's go here. And But you have a guaranteed job come like middle of December back in Yellowstone again. So you can just go travel and do what you want. And then, you know, your start date and you come back and you know, like work housekeeping or work in the kitchen or something like that. And then network from there and continue moving around and do another such. And then I moved out from Yellowstone into the state and, yeah, it kind of worked out and just kept cooking it. The thing with cooking is once you start and be okay with it, you find side gigs all over at, like, bars and restaurants. And oh, yeah. everybody needs to cook. And next thing you know, you just travel around. <laughs> yeah. So what's, like, your favorite, like, dish to make? I was about to literally ask that same oh, question. Oh, yeah? <laughs> yeah, whether whether it's at work or at home, whatever. What's your favorite dish to make? There's a, it's like a loaded question because, like, there's, it's like breakfast, lunch, or dinner, you know? Um, oh. like, well, give us each right meal. Now, I, I, I run a breakfast line and because uh, um, it works for my lifestyle. I, I get off of work at 2 o'clock and then I go hike and take the dogs out and mm. we work 410, so you get three days off, go backpack and just get out. Um, but, like, for breakfast, I'm a, Big fan of uh, pretty just classical French toast. I don't know mm. why, but mm. I, I'm just a big fan of classic French toast. That's a good and choice. for dinner, though, um, my go-to for uh, when I was younger to, to, to try and get a date or so, the uh, I would make like a chicken granatini, like a chicken roulade thing. And so you'd like take like some chicken and fill it with a little cheese and a little prosciutto ham and then kind of roll it and wrap mm. it with some bacon. And then you saute that and make like a Marsala wine sauce out of it, oh, kind of bake that off, make some garlic bread and like kind of dip that in there. And like, so like, you know, being a cook when you're younger and so you kind of go around like, hey, uh, instead of going out to eat somewhere, you just want to come over to my place, we'll have a bottle of wine, I'll make you some food, we can just kind of hang out here or whatever. And like, yeah, you make something like that. And it's just like, <laughs> no, I, I used to say that too, but it was because I was broke, not because I. <laughs> you can make a really like when you know what you're doing you can make a really classy dish for like under 20 bucks you know what i mean it looks yeah. pretty fancy and stuff like that mm -hmm. yeah that's yeah, always kind of the way <laughs> yeah i suppose i mean 
I always try to cook fancy, and then everybody tells you it tastes good, but then you never know if they're being honest. <laughs> mm, no. I, I'll tell you if it's it bad does. or not. Well, I mean, I taste it myself, and but uh, I'm not a good example of somebody who, because I'll eat anything. So I'm like, okay. Let, let an eight-year-old try it. They are the most honest. They'll tell you. They'll be the most brutal about it. <laughs> That's well, true. Well, eight-year-olds, it looks like poop. they don't even like fancy. <laughs> they don't like, like if you're trying to be like fancy or something with your food, I don't think an eight-year-old is going to get down with it anyways, just because it's too fancy for them. Yeah, there's a solid rule in a lot of kitchens of, um, like, when you, especially back in, like, when I started in kitchens, we used to put a lot of parsley on foods in Italian restaurants. You know, you put parsley for garnish on everything and stuff. But there's a rule that when it comes to a kid's meal, uh, never put anything green on a kid's meal. <laughs> yeah. Like a kid's spaghetti or something like that. Yeah, mom, what's that green shit? Get that out of it. Yeah. sent back almost every time. You know? Probably like, boogers or something on it. They don't want it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Makes sense. Makes sense. So if we were to, let's say hypothetically, we were to get Gordon Ramsay on this podcast, would you go head to head with him? I oh, I'd talk to him. <laughs> no, like, would you do it? Would you do a? Would you cook one v one, Gordon Ramsay? I mean, I tried. <laughs> Gordon Ramsay what's doesn't cook. I, All he does is yell. One, oh no, he he's a uh, uh, one of the things with 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 him though, and and in some kitchens is like it. He's not necessarily wrong all the time and when it's your name on the face of the place or whatever and when you've instructed a guy a hundred thousand times how to make your dish and then you turn around he's just totally wrecking it like but by the end of the week you just kind of want to scream at the guy (laughs) (laughs) yeah (laughs) maybe that's why he's so angry all the time a hundred times i'm paying you a retarded amount of money for this and everything else and you're gonna sit there and Still mess it up. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I'm the a big fan. always cracking up. How many times you got to burn the scallops? You know, like, yeah. all the, <laughs> the risotto. I'm a I'm a big fan of Gordon Ramsay mostly because he's a celebrity, not really because of his cooking. But I I lost a lot of faith in him when he released that grilled cheese video. I I don't know if you know what I'm referencing. I don't know. If there's I've a seen that one. there's a video of him making a grilled cheese and he is butchering it. How can you mess up a grilled cheese? Mm. Wait, oh, you it. showed me that. The video. bread's too thick. Mm-hmm. He entirely burns the bread without even ever melting the cheese, and then he just plays it off like nothing's wrong. He's cutting the grilled cheese like, oh yeah, it's gonna be so good. He shows the inside cheese is still completely solid. <laughs> I, don't think, I don't think I've seen that. I gotta, I gotta go watch that. It's really That's my biggest pet peeve in a kitchen, man, is like, do not serve the food with unmelted cheese. I got guys that try to put burgers up in the window and stuff, and it's like, you, you got to melt that cheese. Nothing <laughs> says lazy cook like unmelted cheese. Yeah. <laughs> yep, I agree. No, I agree, I agree 100%. Dude, nothing says He's lazy gotta... cook if you haven't lit yourself on fire. <laughs> Dude, <laughs> that, that happened to at you. Least, at least once. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, so so now, uh, as you can see, I'm a hairy guy and uh, a lot of arm hair and stuff. And when you uh, saute, when you work saute station, um, a lot of guys, myself included, you'll, you'll, the first thing you do at shift is just turn all the burners on and just run your arms under the flames and just burn all your hair off your arms. Because like, you're going to end up with Jack Daniels and liquor sauces and stuff, you're going to end up flaming up and burning your, your hair off anyways and making ash and dut and smelling. Uh, just, just get do it done it. first five minutes of shift, <laughs> call it a day. <laughs> so do you currently work for like a more upscale restaurant or is it more of like what kind of, what kind of food is it let's start with that um so it's a uh it's a a mid upper scale bar restaurant um and we're in like a college town so uh we're, we're pretty popular for for some of that stuff so we offer um and we're by the hotels so we uh, do breakfast lunch and dinner 
all the way through. And um, so we have a, it's a huge kitchen. Like we have a, a chef, a sous chef, or a chef and two sous chefs. I'm the morning sous. We have a night sous. Uh, we have a banquet chef. Um, I run a five-man line with three-guy prep team with a three-man dish pit. And, uh, and then at night, they have a five-man on the line for dinner. And, uh, and yeah, we, we make most of our stuff in-house from scratch. Uh, like all of our, like chicken fried steak, we hand bread it, make the gravy and hollandaise and all that stuff. Yeah, see, that's, you know? that's the good stuff. You know, you know when you got to make it by hand, you know it's a good restaurant. Yeah, yeah, we, we put a lot of work into it. And it's a... Uh, it, yeah, it's it's pretty legit. It's one of, it, it's like a real like most going through a lot of kitchens. You know, it's just like like half-ass stuff, low pay, and it doesn't work out too well. But this is one of the few like like it's like a real career style job. They actually have like paid vacations and health benefits, and like it's like a real real deal. Like you know, we put out with the banquets. You know, you you you'll do like three four hundred people for breakfast, lunch, and dinner in the banquet rooms, and then we'll do like another three three to four hundred for breakfast and then like 200 for lunch and 200 for dinner all of the all in the same day Jeez, on like a that's crazy Sunday. <laughs> like, yeah, wait are you guys doing like a you guys doing like a breakfast buffet style thing or is it like just ordering no it's all it's all to order that's crazy like, <laughs> yeah so so my job in the middle i, I literally handle uh, by the end of the day i've handled 600 plates of food you know like that's, everything passes through me that's crazy <laughs> that's that's a lot well, I mean, yeah, as long as you enjoy it's it. <laughs> yeah. It's cool because it transfers over into, like, uh, uh, many other things. Like, when I, I got into, like, hiking and backpacking a lot, I, I make a lot of fancy food and stuff like that for that, too. And then uh, when you go out with other friends and stuff, you can always, like, bring that little fun dish or something like that. Yeah, you know? so so how do, you, how do you make all these fancy dishes, like, out in the woods with just a fire and a skillet and that's it? Because you're going from like a kitchen where you got all these utensils at your disposal, you got all this cool stuff, you know, state-of-the-art technology, but you're making the same dishes basically just out in the woods. So how is that like a challenge? Like how is that? Yeah, it's a uh, it's challenging. It's a uh, it's a lot of weight on your back. <laughs> yeah. To carry <clears throat> gear involved, um, like uh, um, me and my buddy started off doing like fancy burgers so we would just like patty out some burgers throw them in the freezer the night before and that would be the ice pack is the frozen burger patty and then chop all your veggies and get everything together and then pack everything around the meat in your bag and then take that out and get your fire going and then by the time you would get to your campsite or the uh the end of your hike to the lake the burger meat would be pretty much mostly thawed by then and then you could just grill off the burger um but then like then Last year, and I actually have it with me here, is my my dad found this old 1980s um, Optimus stove, and uh, it's an old brass little cook, oh, nice. cook stove deal. And oh. one of the things with it is not it's not a pump style. You you uh, uh, heat it up with some rub, uh, alcohol, and the heat creates the pressure to to run the white gas. Through. Can you raise it up a little bit and, more? Uh, yeah, yeah, so we can see it. Yeah, oh, that's, there we go. That's basically like a. One of those gas grills, but like not homemade. Yeah, yeah. The alcohol yeah. stoves. I mean, alcohol stoves. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And you fill it with white gas. You put the little alcohol in there, and it gets the gas to run through and pressurize. But what's cool about it is, um, it's got this little uh, uh, heat deal here to do with the the, the temperature, of the flame. But what what's crazy with it is you can do like a real low burn with it, unlike a lot of those rocket f- uh, stoves and others. And so because the low burn um, with a cast iron skillet on top, 
you can caramelize onions real nice and saute mushrooms and um, so this stove alone can do a lot of like slower fun cooking off of it kind of deal and uh and then i carry my other rocket stove and other things and uh just the other day I, you're carrying I, two I, stoves yeah, I'll carry two stoves. I'm actually looking into possibly three or getting a, <laughs> oh, no. one of those Coleman flat ones. And then I, I carry my metal my, my metal camping plate, and I carry a medium or a small cast iron skillet, depending on the dish. And then uh, I've gotten into now I carry two frozen ice packs. And uh, I, I, the latest one was like a 12-mile um, out and back to this lake I went to, and I brought – filet mignon and some peppers and some mushrooms and onions and <laughs> you're doing I, it I, wrong so, taylor you're you're camping so, wrong <laughs> so I, I, using this little stove because of the low heat i was able to cook like mushrooms and onions down and then uh uh once that was cooked down sauteed off my um uh, filet mignon portions and on the rocket stove i chopped up potatoes and had potatoes boiling on the rocket stove right and uh and so then after the the filet was sauteed you pull the meat off and, uh, and then just hit it with Jack Daniels, and I made a Jack Daniels cream sauce in the skillet, and I poured that over top of my steak on the plate, and I took the potatoes out, and I had a little half ear of corn on the cob, and then I refired the boiler for that, and I had, like, cheesy mashed potatoes, some filet mignon with Jack Daniels cream sauce, and a little corn on the cob, and I'm out there by this lake with these two big waterfalls coming down, just like, you know, anybody can take a picture yeah. of the waterfall, so... Taylor, you know, you're taking notes? Yeah, yeah, you take a note. Hold on, hold on, hold on. I have three follow-up questions to all that you just told us. Um, The first follow-up question is, do you ever just eat the instant food that backpackers eat? Yes. Yeah, Uh, yeah. The but only I've the the uh, only one brand I found that I actually like other uh, with, and that's only this past year. Up until now, I've made all of my food for backpack. Okay. Um, two ways of making it is, uh, you either dehydrate your own, um, make some food up and dehydrate. Uh, it's really tricky to do. You got to be careful with your meats to make sure you don't have too much, uh, uh, fat or grease in the meats, you know? Um, but what I found works the best is ordering all your freeze dried food individually and then building your own kit. Right. And so like one of my favorite ones is you can get like those packages of like a broccoli cheddar soup at the store for just add water for your house not even hiking camping food mm-hmm. and then because it's just add water type style or maybe a little olive oil you take that and then break that portioning down and then add a scoop of like freeze-dried chicken to it and then another scoop of like some more freeze-dried broccoli maybe some rice some corn some other veggies and then the next thing you know you actually have a legitimate good chicken broccoli cheese soup you never know? thought about like, adding it like, together like that uh, and, or, or um, same with top ramen packets or, or mashed potato packets. You know, you'll take like a top ramen and then add your because uh, I, I on on the one website I order like number ten cans of freeze dried meats and then you just add the freeze dried meat portions to your top ramens with different veggies and stuff like that and um, you can really get into some really weird shit. <laughs> well, do you eat um, ramen bombs? No, it's a ramen bomb. It's where you mix your instant potatoes with your ramen noodles. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a good dish right there. <laughs> All right. Uh, so my second, my second question is, how heavy is your fucking bag? <laughs> <laughs> Way too fucking heavy. <laughs> You're out there carrying uh, a mini, a mini cast iron skillet. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
Um, but the, the, the last trip, it was probably about 30 or 40 pounds for just a day Listen, hike. That's pretty good, actually. Pounds, you know, like, oh, for a day uh, hike. For a day hike? He's like the chef of the group. What do you expect? He's the chef of the group. Yeah. He's, yeah. You know, that's what he does. Right. Right. Uh, for, for backpacking purposes, I, I just make the, a bunch of the freeze-dried stuff. Mm. Usually on day one is when we'll do the fancy stuff like carrying like I said, the free uh, pre-freezing your burger patties, mm. or uh, uh, taking steaks and freezing your steak, and uh, pre-cutting up some onions and mushrooms or something like that to be able to like kind of cook over a, a grill piece or whatever. Um, that that's, and then at the night after that, then it's all freeze-dried yeah. or you know kind of pack things in that nature. Yeah, um, that makes sense. But you know, it's <laughs> uh, with the day hikes, I just like trying to see ten plus miles. And uh, to, to different lakes, because all, all around here, uh, being in Montana, it's a pretty outdoor community. There are a lot of outdoor forms and everybody's got photos of the waterfall and the lake and this and that. So like, um, let's do this. Uh, I went to one and put the, the prepackaged stuff at Costco. You know how they have those pre-portioned dinners of like mm-hmm. a, um, yep. Street tacos. a tacos, yep. one of them. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Yeah, so I took that one up and uh, uh, heated up the chicken and added a little onions to it. And so I sat by a lake and had little street tacos by the lake with a little lime on it That's and stuff cool. like that. Yeah. You know, just, just, eh, everybody's got the lake, but here's a lake with a taco, you know. <laughs> Not everybody's got this. Yeah. That's kind of cool. Uh, yeah, yeah, so it's just something that a little different and a little more challenge to the hike, too, you know, just getting out there. Yeah. Uh, my, <laughs> my third question I wanted to ask is, um, can you drive over a couple states and go hiking with me? <laughs> because <laughs> sure. yeah, I, I need i need some fancy food while i'm out there i actually when i started backpacking only cold soaked so i've i've heard of that and i've seen people doing that and i've seen some videos of that and i i don't i don't understand how the food's good at that point it, it like isn't it is, it's, it's edible adds a little bit of flavor to it yep. and then um uh, uh my my luxury on trail is i'm a coffee guy Mm-hmm. Uh, I just like straight black coffee, and so I'll bring like Folgers coffee bags or just whatever to do for for basic coffee. And and I have an AeroPress too. I'll make sometimes, but no no, no coffee and just oh, cold food. I'll tell you how I did my coffee. Seems <laughs> my, my coffee is I would cold soak my oatmeal overnight for breakfast, and then I'd put my coffee in my oatmeal. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. This <laughs> guy. But then recently, I I bought a stove uh, and I've been cooking out there, and that yeah. changes the trips for me. I like yeah. get the backpacker pantries, and then oh, so much better. <laughs> um, Peak Refuel has a really good food. That brand Peak Refuel. Mm-hmm. Um, they have like a chicken pesto and a chicken alfredo, and they have a elk ragu too, and a couple of different dishes that that are really good. And, um. Be interested how that works cold soaking. Does it take longer so you, to, to you can't, do? You can't really get those if you cold soak. You have to oh, like you have to okay. like really be selective on what you eat. So like uh, a lot of instant potatoes and what else did I used to eat? Um, like oatmeal. O- oatmeal. Yeah. Oatmeal and some yeah. potatoes. There was other stuff I cold soaked. Um, oh, like anything that's like a rice base. Yep. Um. Because you yeah. can you can let it soak overnight. And it mm-hmm. takes a and then, longer. But... And then it's like a lot of. There's a lot of like bars and wraps included too because you would just eat like you know those tuna packets, those little tuna or chicken creations. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. You yeah. scoop that onto a tortilla and then you put your chips on there so it's got a little texture and then that's a tortilla for the day. Mm-hmm. So, so okay. it's it's I, edible. I use, yeah, <laughs> it's edible. <laughs> 
<laughs> no, those, those chicken creations are really good, actually. Um, mm-hmm. Because you can get some of them pre-done as a, a chicken salad or something like yep, that. Yep, those are really yeah. good. Or, yeah. or even if not, if you just take the chicken or tuna ones of like the jalapenos or whatever, and then um, you go to like your gas station or whatever and grab a couple packs of the mayonnaise packets and you know all the different condiments or whatever. Or in my case, I work in a kitchen, so we have all the to-go stuff. Yeah. So like my employee meal, I just fill a to-go box up with condiments. You know, and, uh, <laughs> and then. You throw a few of those, and then, yeah, you can make, like, a chicken salad or tuna salad, and you put the relish and the mayo and the uh, mustard and, and uh, bring a couple packs of, like, Cheez-Its and stuff and mix all that in. and makes, like, a really nice little trail salad and such. Wow. That'd be nice. Yeah. You need to take, you need to take You're way more creative than me. And, and yeah, I'm, also, <laughs> I'm also too too lazy. That's why I cold-soaked at first, because I was too lazy to cook after hiking. But then the stove doesn't make it that much extra work, so... Yeah, yeah. But I still wouldn't do what you're doing. That'd be way too much effort out there. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Taylor, what do you make on your meals? Now? Yeah, what do you make now? Now, I just said, like, I eat the backpacker pantry meals, pretty much. And, like, I'll bring ramen and uh, still in some potatoes, just heat it up. But you're not making anything, like, burgers or anything like that yet? No, I'm not making burgers. (laughs) (laughs) He's going to come hiking with me. We're going to make burgers out there. (laughs) Hey, man, whatever you want. (laughs) uh, I'm a van guy, so I uh, picked up a van a couple years ago, and uh, I've been traveling around in it, and it's it's, uh, go all over, man. (laughs) Nice, nice. Is it, so are you going to convert to band life and just work at different restaurants across the states? Is that what you're going to do? That would be that would be the shit, but I don't I don't think restaurants really work that way, you know. Um, no, not my, really. My, yeah, my uh, uh, my buddy just came into town as a guest spot at one of these tattoo shops, and I just went and got a tattoo with him the other day, and he was explaining how uh, he can base tattoo out of Idaho and then can travel around and do like guest spots uh, all over the country and just travel in his truck. And I was like. Man, if there's a way to do that with kitchens, just like, hey, you guys like need a fry guy on Saturday, Friday, Saturday night. Like, you know, I'll just drop in, work your fryers for mm-hmm. two nights, and then mm-hmm. dip out, and you know, come by. Hey, you need a burger guy for the weekend? I'll do your burgers for you, and then dip out like that. It's kind of <laughs> like, be, it's kinda like uh, like in the medical field, they get the traveling nurses that travel from state to state. You could be like yeah. a traveling cook, be like, hey. I'm gonna be I'm gonna be in uh you know North Dakota for about you know a month. Anyone need any cooks? <laughs> right. Hey, nowadays though, with the employee shortage, that, that it might work. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, like, uh, but yeah, I don't know. It'd be it'd be a fun way to do it. Um, no, I just I, I just have the van for around here for the dogs and for camping in um, a little more because in in Montana you only have a handful of months of decent weather and then oh. then it gets cold yeah it's like good, Min- so. up in minnesota yeah same same way yeah so so having the van kind of helps out for that winter stuff and whatnot and getting around and and you know and then with the 100 degrees the dog really appreciates the air conditioning <laughs> can you talk more about your dogs what how many do you have <laughs> hey hold on i was gonna what? go on i was gonna okay you know what? that's fine that's fine <laughs> well i'm sorry i want to know um, please talk more about I, your dogs <laughs> I have two dogs, and my roommate has uh, uh, one as well. So uh, um, I have a five and a half year old boxer lab mix. Her name's Zena, and uh, um, me and my roommate here got a pair of dogs together. Um, they're a Dachshund Corgi mix, and Ooh. so I got the run to the litter. He's just a tiny little dude called Doctor Mambo, Dr. and uh, <laughs> and and uh, he has the biggest in the litter, and his name's Zeus. And, uh, they're, nice. Yeah, they're about a year and a half old, and they're they're pretty funny to watch around. Oh. And and 
Doctor and Xena, the two of them, uh, we go all over, and, and, you know, he's just over a year and a half, and he weighs maybe 15 pounds, but that little fucker has gone, like, 15 miles with me, man. Just He, he don't quit. He don't <laughs> care. We're, and, uh, Xena, the big girl, she, uh, uh, she kind of just turned into their mom. We got him at eight weeks old, and the day we brought him home, they tried to nurse on her, and she's oh. fixed. And the first thing she did is just flop open. It was like here, and they just nibbled all up and down her chest, and she just became Mama Z, you know. And That's like, sweet. Wherever we go in the woods, they're together. Like, <laughs> so do your dogs go on all your hikes, or do you kind of like pick and choose like the shorter ones you'll take them with? And no, let... they go. They go everywhere. They go. Um, okay, awesome. Yeah, Zena is. She's a trail athlete. She. Uh, I've been. I got her at eight weeks old, and we've been on trail uh consistently and with a with a dog when they're puppies you don't want to go over six miles um for their joints to to build up and stuff and so her first year we were one mile two miles every every week every couple of days and then mm-hmm. slowly just keep building up and she's so her, her muscle structure is like you, you can tell she's just been working you know and uh uh uh, I kind of have a rule that if I can't do it with my dogs, then I'm not really interested in doing it. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, like, that's they're, fair. They're just so much fun to be around. And, and when I go and do this stuff, especially with burgers, I always bring a burger for them because, I mean, they put in 15 miles. Yeah, know, yeah so they're, they're going to be hungry, too. Yeah, they're, like, hungry, yeah. Yeah, they're, they're one of the crew, so I always you know feed them and take care of them. And, and uh, yeah, they're they're just a blast to always have. And just, the, especially, there's something about and I, I never would have realized this until spending the this amount of time, but with Xena, I have about 26, 2,700 trail miles with her over the last five years. And um, she, she just watching the progress, the progression of how her manners on trail is, is just insane. Like, you know, she'll just sit, watch you set up camp. Once camp set up, then she comes over and they're able to sit down When people come up down the trail. She'll come right back and stand next to me and wait, you know, say trail over. We got horses coming. She'll move over with you, you know, just all the mannerisms. It's, uh, uh, it's really cool to watch. Like, I don't know. I, I never would have expected it that much, I guess. It's like she caught know. on without <laughs> ever being like, she just, not trained, but I mean, like she just noticed throughout the times you've been doing yeah. it. She's like, yeah, okay, yeah. well, this is just the norm. This is what we do. She's just R- repetition. Yeah. Like a lot of dogs, just kind of they just follow repetition and they need structure. And I, I, I go out. I try to go out almost every weekend, and then most days after work, or, or at least one, once a week after work as well. And just doing it so regularly, she's just she's seen everything and just kind of learns. Uh, and, and yeah, my buddies would be like, man, she's so well behaved. Like, how do I get my dog? Like, just keep going out, man. Like, just keep, keep doing it. You know, just keep doing it. And they just, figure, you know, they learn. <laughs> yeah. I did a lot of hiking last year with our dog, Pancakes, and she's a a good chunk of Chihuahua. So you wouldn't expect yeah. that. And she was the same. She was the same way, though. I think the longest hike I went on with her was like 20 miles. It's insane to see how long a dog can go when they don't look like they're built for it. And right. and she was looking really muscular last summer too with that. Oh yeah, yeah. Like surprisingly yep. for oh she how did the whole 20 miles. Is. Yeah, no problem. She did it better than I did. Didn't yeah. you carry her the, for a the, little bit? I carried her occasionally on the yeah. hot on the hot tar when there was a road walk happening. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But it was so she probably did like 15, 16, but still for a Chihuahua, like yeah, come on. <laughs> 
And then you count the fact that they run forward and backwards and dipping up, up to the sides yep. and chasing a squirrel and doing everything else. Yep. And, and they they got to put in probably 40 miles by the time you're done. You <laughs> yeah, know? they're like, putting it, way more and, than us. And they just, you know, as long as they're conditioned through, they, they, they love it, you know. Like, I have a particular hiking hat. I have a handful of hats, uh, but there's one particular hat that I use for hiking. And as soon as that hat comes on, she is losing her mind. Like, you can put any <laughs> other hat on. You can you can get dressed. If you put your work clothes on, she goes and sit. But, but when you're ready, you can't even put your hat on until you're, like, five minutes ready to leave out the door. Because she'll watch you grab your backpack she knows what's going on she'll sit there she'll watch you pack her bag watch you pack yours get everything ready and as soon as that hat (laughs) 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 ready man yeah (laughs) dogs are smart like that though they really are they they take the cues and they know yeah they're smarter than men oh yeah yeah (laughs) yeah, (laughs) why do you think i hang out with the dog i'm just kidding Oh yeah, no, there. It's it. I don't know. I was it's, waiting for Emily to bring another comment. Oh, I'm not the host. I ain't well, listen. Nothing. Well, you you cut me off earlier when I wanted to talk about food trucks. Ooh, <laughs> uh, food trucks. Yeah, food trucks. <laughs> See, that's gonna, how you could do. That's how you could travel. Well, that's what I was going to say because I want to do a food yeah. truck because I have a special burger I make. Uh-huh. We've talked about this, and the food truck Ooh. would only include that burger. That's all that's we would it. have. Yep. We would have that burger. Well, it'd be French fries. And three different options for soda, but you can't yeah, get the super, soda and super. fries without ordering the burger. So yep, we got rules. Super yeah, basic. Got rules. But I I support this. Yes, I would totally. What if like, I did that as a food truck and we drove around the country? <laughs> but I don't know if it would work because would you get the notoriety? That notoriety is over this. Would you be notable in a city like you go park in fucking Chicago and people know who you are? Like that'd be a struggle, wouldn't it? I think it would take a lot of years to build up like the recognition that you're looking for. To just like drive up and people be like, "Oh my God, it's the burger!" Yeah, burger. <laughs> yeah. I feel like there, the, the, there'd be a couple of things with that. Like, so at one point I was uh, in the process of potentially building a truck. My buddy had a truck for a while, and uh, he recently sold his. And I, I've been I've been considering the idea of it again. Um, you want to go with a trailer, not a truck, because the trailer can be pulled by anything. You get the mm-hmm. truck, and what I learned is if you have engine problems, you are fucked. But if you have a trailer, you can go rent a U-Haul and haul that thing wherever you need to to the event if yeah. the truck breaks down, right? Um, but the, 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 that, that would be a great idea. Um, the, the biggest issue with traveling is uh, any new county that you go to, you have to have your permits for mm-hmm. and whatnot. So if you're going to go city to city each week, Every single week, it's going to be like another two, three hundred dollars in permits and making oh. sure that you're licensed for this state, licensed for that state, get checked out by a health inspector for this state. Do you have a common this state? Like California requires a commissary, and if you don't have a commissary, then you can't run your truck at all. Uh, Montana doesn't require a, a specific commissary necessarily, um, so you can you can get away with doing whatever. Um, so you'd have to like look in different yeah. rules and regulations of states, but it would be super cool to do something like that because like if you got a mild viral following, you know, especially like if you pick a community to be involved with, like you know, obviously outdoor community or, or something like that, if you're into or whatever it is, um, if you start to like bring it forth that way and like you, we, we've can, talked of ways of like trying to sell food like near trailheads or by the river because like you're on public land, national forest, so like 
it kind of can't kind of it's like a weird gray area sort of ish <laughs> but man if you could get away to like where all the river rafts are boating down for the fishing and stuff like if, if you could squeeze into that category somehow and get like a mouth falling like hey that's those guys you know and you you can tour around that that would probably work you can make some money Maybe more that. like a month in a city yeah that's what i was thinking if you did yeah. one month yeah. in a city and you were making enough profit then maybe you could just pay all the permits and inspections the month mm-hmm. that you get there and then it's worth your month staying there right and, you'd have to be making you, enough profit though if you plan on doing that um you you can build your truck to california specs because they're probably um, the most Cali- strict yeah yeah, California has the most strictest rules when it comes to that. So as long as you're spec for them, you'll pass everybody. Um, but if you try to make it specific to a couple of states, then you're going to hit a state at some point where they're going to be like, hey, we need you to have this. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. Um, and then we could we could pay to get on boats and go overseas, too. We'll do worldwide food truck. Worldwide. Oh my gosh. <laughs> oh my gosh. These these animals are gonna fuck up something. Yeah, those uh, yeah, they're like <laughs> the the dog's chasing the cat and the cat's sick of it, so he's fighting back. So do you ever um dream or think that in the future you might like own your own restaurant of some type? Besides like a food truck, but like an actual like restaurant? There was a time where I really would have liked to have done that. Um I mean uh, I'm only 36, so there's still plenty of time for something else to happen, and maybe. Uh, but one of the things, these last couple of years at the place I work at now, m- my schedule, I-, I show up around like 4.30 in the morning, and then by 2 o'clock, I'm done. I go home, and I'm done. I can go hide. I can go do whatever I want. Um, and there's like it- it- times where around 12.30, 1 o'clock, the cooler goes down, and you got to transfer everything to another cooler, and then we got a maintenance guy coming to fix this and do that. And, hey guys, it's two o'clock. Uh, that's next shift's problem. Later. <laughs> you know what I mean? like, so like when when you own it, like it's your. I mean, it's yours. It's cool, and I get it. But like now, that's your compressor. You have to fix. Yeah. You if know? if like, shit hits the fan your... and it's like your closing time, no, you're not closing. You yep, got to get that. Yeah. And you turn into that guy from the coffee shop. Oh my goodness. <laughs> oh. We had a rough experience one morning. We were just trying to like go try I think I hadn't been there. You've never so, been there, so I was yeah. gonna show you it. Yeah. Yeah, and it's like really good coffee, but like a bunch of stuff was going wrong. This guy was having a really bad He lost bad, power and really all of his all of his product in his freezer was uh de thawing. Uh, was thawing. Was thawing. Thawing. Yes, yeah. thawing. <laughs> um yeah, so he was, and the, well, and was then not we're like, patient with us at all. Well well he goes he comes out and he's like, sorry, like our freezer's down. We're having all these issues. I don't have any like coffee. And we're like, yeah, okay. but he didn't say it like that. Right. right. Well, we're like, <laughs> we're like, well, we can just go somewhere else. That's fine. That's no big deal. And he goes, no, 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 come on in. I'll, I'll help you guys anyways. And we're like, okay. So we go in there and then I ask him if he's able to make. I don't even remember. I asked him if he's still able to make lattes because lattes obviously have milk in them, but are espresso. And, like, so I didn't know, like, if maybe he was able to salvage milk or he had milk some other way or maybe he could do a latte without milk, sub it with something else. I have no idea. So I just asked him if we could do lattes. And he goes, 
if you fucking want Starbucks, then go to Starbucks for all those fake coffee drinks. I'm, I'm, I could give you coffee. And I was like, you run a coffee shop, and you're calling lattes not coffee? That's what I said to him. And he's like, get out of my store. And we're like, all right, then why'd you invite us in, bro? Like, what the hell? Yeah. It's like, I'm not going to deal with your shit this morning. It's like, I asked for a latte. You're a coffee oh shop. God. That's like a staple. <laughs> yeah, so and he's having a bad day. Well, and then, mm. and then they closed down, and yeah. uh, somebody else bought it, and they opened it as a... A coffee shop? No. A real coffee shop. A real, a real, a real, coffee, real shop. coffee shop. <laughs> and I still haven't been there. It's way better now. <laughs> That's awesome. What one of one of my favorite chefs I ever worked for, um, Chef Phil down down by Yellowstone there. Um he had a restaurant for the longest time. It, it, it's all closed and a bunch of buildings uh, uh, burned down in town over the last couple of years. But in, in the town of Gardner in Yellowstone, there's the north entrance. Um, the, uh, um, he had a, this place, a, a Raven Grill it was a super cool restaurant he ran and we were on, he did it low budget on the patio of the one bar the first couple of years I worked for him. He eventually moved into one of the other major kitchens and then the owners of the building sold it and then they demolished it. Um, now he's kind of retired, but it, it was, it was his kitchen, his restaurant, he worked. He originally worked in a place in Boston so that uh, uh, was that Gordon Ramsay had worked at, or something way back in the day before he was ever fit. Like, he was an older chef. Um, so, but that that Boston style mentality and that Ramsay style attitude was was him. Like to it, like very very hard. Mm-hmm. But it, 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 so much so that it's his restaurant. You're in Yellowstone, and it's all tourists. So. We don't care if you don't come back tomorrow because you're not coming back tomorrow. You're going home or you're yeah. traveling else, right? So he had that so mentality. Like, He's like, I don't mm-hmm, care. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're so a dime like, a dozen. Uh, I get five more. You tomorrow, like it's. Yeah, and so the allure at the time, because we were on the patio and he was so wild was like, dude, you got to go there because somebody's going to piss him off and he's going to throw a fit. It's going to be awesome. And like, like <laughs> one time somebody comes up. And uh, they ordered a, a well-done ribeye. Heaven forbid. Oh, well my done. God. And so he comes up to the grill. This guy had the audacity. and goes, uh, yeah, is my food almost done yet? And he's like, what would you order? He goes, oh, I had that well-done ribeye. And it's an open kitchen. We're just on the patio, right? And he's like, oh, that's that's your steak right there on the grill. You want it? And it's still like medium or something. He's like, you want it? He's like, yeah. He just chucks it out the street. Go fucking get it. Jim, <laughs> give him his money back. I'm done with this guy. <laughs> oh, my God. And then and we served his whole family and his whole table. But he was being such a jerk. And his, his whole family just laughed. He went across the street. Like, <laughs> but but all, all the time of that, like, if you wanted to give the guy a hard time, he's like, no, get the hell out of here. Just start throwing stuff. And whatever. <laughs> get this money back. Get out of here. <laughs> Oh, I'm never coming back here again. Cool, you're here till Saturday. Yeah, <laughs> later. Like, that could be a good. That anyway. could be a good gimmick for a restaurant. Like it already was, like Dick's Last Resort. But it could mm-hmm. be a good gimmick if you like went further than that. Like actually, just gave people bad service. Because at Dick's, they make fun of you. Yeah. The, yeah. But what if you made a restaurant where you just purposely give bad service? You just yeah. Just because I mean, out of the like same. you fuck I'm up sure their order where they're like I'm gonna get the whatever cheeseburger with the fries and then they just bring you something completely wrong a chicken and then sandwich. they just go fuck yourself I'm not gonna fix that 
funny with the food. If you're hungry, you'll eat it. Pittsburgh that was similar to that. They were called Filthy McNasties. <laughs> and you'd be like, hey, can I get some napkins? And they just throw a handful of them at the table as they walk past and stuff. And be like, oh, you want a hot dog? I'll shit in a bun for you. you, know? you, know, like, you know, stuff like that. It was pretty cool. Um, but I, I don't think they're around anymore. But, yeah, it'd be interesting to, to, to do a concept kitchen like that where you just kind of just – tell them like it is or straight up yeah. <laughs> like, there's probably a lot of times where you're back there and you just want to really go out there to a the table and just let them have it oh man like sure. you, you know uh, the the thing is with with certain modifications of food where you're where you you, you see the new dietary trends right oh, yeah. and then and then people don't really understand it and they just want to jump on board anyways yeah. or something um, so, so like a perfect example, one of the mods modifications on a sandwich I had a couple months ago, and I'll never forget this person. They they, they ordered we had this steak sandwich, and then we bread um, some onions and fry up some onions in the fryer right, and throw those on top. So they're like breaded fried onions on the steak sandwich, mm, right? Yummy. Well, they order this sandwich, yeah. <laughs> they, <laughs> yeah. They order the sandwich. <laughs> and uh, but they asked for it to be on gluten free bread. Oh, right. I know this is going. But yeah. they. But they still wanted the breaded fried onions <laughs> on top of it, right? So, uh, you know, uh, well. I, I don't mind you have a diet. I get it. But the gluten-free bread is the nastiest bread we have. It's it's like this weird rice bread that's mm-hmm. like a weird sticky te- – it's so gross. And, no, can we get that sandwich on gluten-free? But I, I still want those breaded fried onion strings on it. Like, so you know, they clearly didn't understand. <laughs> well, in their defense, they could like have they, been doing low-carb. Because gluten bread has less carbs, so then you could still do the fried onions. Because well, fried food has actually like less carbs than like bread. Well, if they were doing low but carb, the they would have. Still has carbs in it. If they would do a low yeah, carb, but... they would have got the steak sandwich and said they would put the bread off and just ate the meat. Yeah, yeah, but but you can do low carb and you can save yourself about ten carbs by getting gluten free. I know because I've done it when I was on keto. Oh, okay. sure. See the, but when the I was thing... on keto, although gluten free is terrible. I regret ever eating that bread. But I, <laughs> from that point when I got gluten free bread, it had less carbs. Uh, ever since then, I just got my burger without a bun or with lettuce wrap. So it's like the yeah. whole the whole gluten thing. Like people don't understand. Like if you actually have a problem digesting gluten, like some people have a, a problem, then you do get gluten free. But if you don't have an issue with it, getting gluten free doesn't do shit for you. It really doesn't. No. It, it's it's not. It, you're. I mean, I guess the carbs thing. I guess if you're doing carb, yeah. low carb. But I mean, it's not like a diet fat that's going to make you feel better. Well, I mean, and that's what Angelo yeah. was saying. Like, clearly, the people yeah. did not understand. They have no idea. Yeah. Now, yeah. now, if, now, yeah. if you have yeah. an issue digesting the the was it the byproduct of bread, which is gluten, like that's isn't that the byproduct when they do the bread process? It's like a bacteria or something in the bread or the or the wheat. If you have a, a problem like digesting it, which some people do, then yeah, okay, gluten free, that's fine. But if you don't, it doesn't fucking matter. Well, let me ask you this: What kind of breading do you guys do on those onions? Um, it's it's just straight flour with uh, yeah. some the uh, seasonings and salts and stuff like that, and it's in a buttermilk texture. So you mm. dump the yep. onions in a buttermilk, yep. and then you just dump them in a pile of seasoned flour. Now you're just making you me hungry, but <laughs> yeah, same. <laughs> so, so like, yeah, it's like 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 I understand dietary restrictions. I, I'm not a scientist or nothing with it, but I, I I understand if you can't have this or don't want that or whatever, that's cool. But it's like it's like the vegetarian coming in and just being like, oh no, I can have the fish sticks though. You know, what I mean? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, wait, wait, like uh, I get vegetarian, you can have animal byproducts, but like the in vegan, you can't. But it, 
the idea that like some are okay with the fish or not. And it, it's, I don't know. It's just it's hilarious to see some of the dietary restrictions people have with, with, but then just completely blow it off on the other half of the plate. Yeah, you know, what I mean, like uh, that that one always. And and nine times out of ten, it's it's whatever fad diet. The same with the uh, years ago when the Atkins diet was big and popular. It was it was very similar to a uh, no breadcrumbs and gluten free sort of thing. Is pretty close to keto and stuff. Um, but same thing, people didn't know what the actual Atkins diet would be, and so they would order some food tell the server they're on the Atkins diet, the server would come back and be like, hey, they're on the Atkins. You're like, then why are they ordering the breaded stuffed peppers? You know, like, <laughs> like, uh, yeah. you know it's, just, it's just, yeah, it's, it's really interesting to just kind of see the, the trends and the ways how they go, you know? Like, yeah. I know you guys probably don't follow, you guys probably don't follow YouTube stuff, but like Trisha Paytas, you guys know who that is? Mm-hmm. Anyways, YouTube uh, creator, and she's always on some fucking weird, trendy thing. And she w- became a vegan for a while, and then everybody was like, "Yeah, then what's up with those chairs back there that you bought? Like, they're like some really like expensive chairs where they use alligator skin to make them." And she she sold her chairs the next day, and she apologized. She's like, "I didn't know that they used the blah blah blah." And then oh it's like it's like there's so much stuff. Like, you become vegan, and you buy UGG boots. Like, what are you gonna do? Mm-mm-mm. <laughs> It's, it's just impossible to be to be fully vegan. Like actually do it. <laughs> There's a lot of stuff yeah. out there that's made by animal products. It's almost damn near impossible. Yeah, the 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 glues and gelatins um, uh, with the horse toenails kind of thing is. Uh, and, and somebody was explaining to me, it's not like they just like kill a bunch of horses and take their hooves off or whatever. I guess they can actually use the the hooves like uh, like you clip your fingernails. They they straight can just kind of something with the hose in that sense or whatnot and because the one lady i work with is a vegetarian once she's a vet technician and so she's really kind of like on edge about some of the foods and meats and stuff so she's like hey can i make can you make me some food and you're like oh yeah well but i don't eat mushrooms and i don't eat this and i don't eat how, how are you a vegetarian? But you can't have the vegetables. You, you just come back with a with a with a glass full of ice. Here you go. You just eat candy. Just here's, candy. Here's some ice. Yeah. I know a couple of ve- vegetarians who lived off basically candy. Really? Yeah. I can't be good for you. <laughs> yeah, or like potato <laughs> potato chips. Potato chips. Yep. Oh. Did, they, um, did they lose weight? Well, no, that's not why they were doing it. They're doing because they don't eat animals. Um, have speaking of horses and their toenails, have you guys ever watched a horse get its toenails trimmed? Mm-hmm. Shit's fucking crazy. Mm-hmm. They they're, they're hammering nails in there and shit. It's wild. Like they, they take like they take the horseshoe off, they clip its nail, and they put the horseshoe back. It's wild. It's a wild process. I've seen them do the shoeing, and that's wild enough. They get but... those knives in there, and they get a dig. Especially when they get those um like and they get affected, if they get an affected hoof. Then they gotta go in there and they actually like dig in there and they just scrape and scrape and they take chunks out of the <laughs> like how we went from food to talk about them. Yeah, totally not related. Yeah. <laughs> no, the clip, the clippers though on the horse man, they got it's like it's like big and then they're and then they the one guy I was watching, he was using his arm going like this. Ugh. Really getting yeah. some leverage <laughs> yeah. in there. Yeah. <laughs> it was insane. Oh what did he say? Oh he's like uh you gotta let the horse know you're there, it'll kick you. He's rubbing his hand down the leg, and he picks oh, it up, yeah. and then he's yep. got the horse right here, and he's pounding on that fucker, and he's got it on his leg. I'm like, imagine if that horse had a reflex and just crushed him. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God, man. He well, and insane. horses are, are very strong creatures. Yeah. They're so majestic, though. Yeah. yeah. It gives me a question, then, for you uh, um, with the horses, then. Um, do you have a lot of horses on your trails out there? Um, Not really. I went hiking in... Um, 
Afton last year, and that was the only place I've ever seen horses while hiking. So what, one of the issues we have around here, and I, I've been trying to find people to, to, to ask this one with, and it's kind of controversial, kind of, I don't know, it's not, it's not, but it's like, uh, uh, I'm all about the horses on trail. Yes, obviously. you have to pick it's, up the horse poop, cool. yes. Yes! <laughs> So, <laughs> I already knew where so, he was going. Yeah. So all of the all of the hiking forums around uh, town here and online and stuff, and, and and the locals, they all bitch and moan like, "Oh, somebody didn't pick their dog shit up again. Somebody yep. didn't pick." And I get it. I, I have two dogs. I carry a full roll of do- like like it, you know. I I got my whole roll of yep. toilet bags. Yep. <laughs> you know, like it, it, I pick up all my stuff, but. I watch people lose their shit over a couple of dog shits. And meanwhile, you get on trail and there's a half a mile stretch of just horse shit for a half a mile. Flies everywhere. Horse flies everywhere. Yep. And, yeah. and you're yelling at your dog not to eat it. You know, and, and you got to walk through. And you're you're upset about a six ounce pile on the side. But, but a mile long train is totally cool. Yeah. And. And it's you, you spend the thousands of dollars for your horse, for the trailer, for all the tackle and all the gear. And I'm to understand there's a little pouch that you can attach to the back of them that helps catch some of that too. So I was just like, yeah, you, you know, can you spend the extra hundred bucks? Well, and, and you probably <laughs> being in Montana, you probably see more horses than than we do. Like I said, I've only seen them on one trail, um, but I want to compare. So I think because the etiquette's probably less here since there's not as many horse trails. And um, when I was hiking in Afton and there was lots of horses, there was a group of six girls riding horses and they were riding side by side. But then when, we see, when they would see people, they would move over. Well, and I came up to a file? section. Yeah, to single file. But well, I came across a section uh, where I had went through there after they had already been gone, long gone. Because uh, I'd stop for lunch and they walked past me with their horses. And when I got to this next section of trail, it was just covered in shit on both sides. So there's no it way to like get It was like I was playing hopscotch trying to get through. <laughs> like, because there was so much, because they were doing side by side, and mm-hmm. there was three horses on each side. Yeah. So, it's just yeah, ridiculous. <laughs> it's, it's, it's really, you know, and, and I, I get it, like, uh, I had one person who had a horse trying to, like, well, it's all natural, it's just hay and blah, blah, blah. Like, I, I get it. I get it's all natural. I get it's Montana. I get, I get that's, the you know, that's what you do. It's still and, shit and, and, and it stinks. But, like, but, you know, either... Either shut up about the dog shit or clean up the horse shit. Or, or at very yeah. minimum, at very minimum, brush it to the side. Don't yeah, leave it in that, the middle. Yeah. yeah. That, that, so then people did. I wonder, like, can't you just put a bag behind the horse's ass there and it just, they, they, they have <laughs> yeah. something like that like and just diaper. catch it and then, then stop and dump it off on the side of the trail and then hook it back up? Yeah. Like, but, but yeah, like, I don't, I, I don't know because. Uh, I guess it's the culture around here, but there's a, there's a handful of spots you end up with, and just like you were saying, where there's just huge sections of the trail, and you're like, ah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, maybe, maybe a little bit, like, but uh, it's it's cool either way, though. But <laughs> yeah, I just was curious how you guys felt with that too, you know, like. <laughs> yeah, luckily there's not that many trails that are actually graded for horses around here, so. Yeah. See, so we we have horse, bike. Uh, ATV and hike, depending on the trails. Yeah. Some of them allow for all four. Uh, some are dedicated for one or the other, and it's always um, you always give leeway to the horse, and then uh, uh, bikers give leeway to the hikers, and then then the bikes are pretty much the last on the list. Like you pretty much, if you're on a bike, you have to give leeway to the hikers, the, the horses, and then ATVs are kind of. You know, yeah, I would say our most it, popular trails around here are. Um, 
bike, four-wheeler, snowmobile yep. hiking. Oh, okay. Yeah. And snowmobile, man, there's snowmobiles fast. You could probably ride every inch of this state in a snowmobile. Just about. On a snowmobile. Just about, yeah. 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 Oh, there's a lot of Montana you can. There's a lot of areas with that that, that you can for sure. Uh, maybe in Minnesota, too, they, they groom a lot of trails out here for, for snowmobiles. Mm-hmm. And then uh, if you buy a, a specific permit, then you can go to a whole bunch of other crazy trails that they, they, they regularly keep groomed for you. And they just kind of ask that you put this permit sticker on your snowmobile to help show that you help pay to have some of it groomed or something like that. Uh, but I, I do a lot of the snowshoeing then because those, oh. those trails are pretty chewed up to kind of walk on or so. And uh, I'm not much of a skier, so I just kind of snowshoe through all and go around. It's a lot funner. <laughs> I don't even I don't even snowshoe when I go winter hiking. I just fucking... I got my I got my trail runners on. I'm walking in the snow and then uh, trying to find somebody else's footprint to post hole, and yep. that's it. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah that that works for for the main use trails. That works pretty well. Um, the issue that we run into too is some of the ones that get used a lot when they pack down. You get that packed ice, so you want to bring like micro mm. spikes and stuff like that a lot of times to get up and down. And then uh, if you know some good areas to get out and away from people then the snowshoes kind of help yeah or or yeah if you're hitting the the snowmobile trails the, those machines just chew that snow pack up so much that trying to post hole through it can be a real pain in the ass yeah so they, they help for that and what we do out here i don't know if you have them in minnesota but we have a, a forest service cabins that you can rent out here um off of a uh, recreation.gov just like you get any of the camping sites and stuff in the national parks um, the like old 1930s, like 16 by 16 uh, log cabins um, they have out on the national forest areas, and you can rent them for like between 50 and 90 dollars a night. And they stock them with firewood for the season. They have a little wood shack out back too. They have wood stoves in them, a couple of bunk beds. And so, like for the winter time, you can backpack uh, to these and go like 10 miles to one of them, and you snowshoe in, carry all your gear. Well, you don't have to bring your tent, your sleeping pads, all that stuff. You just bring a sleeping bag and then some food and, and a lot of them are kitted out with uh they have cast iron skillets in them for the wood stoves and things like that and uh, you just show up and bring a green propane bottle they have lanterns and things like that to use in them and just stay out in the woods a couple of days that way but a lot are on snow not all of them but a good handful are on snowmobile trails so you can snowmobile in with a bunch of gear or again needing the shoes to get through you know Oh, but geez. it's a way to get out in the wintertime. Like, it's pretty cool. You'd just be like totally luxurious compared to normal hiking. <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, just just drive yeah, in so, there and you'll be comfy for the night too. Yeah, <laughs> so like, you know, for, for those ones, it's really easy to like pack all kind of steak and chicken and shit because you're not carrying so much stuff and you have a nice cabin to be in and cook yeah. on the wood stove and whatever, so you can bring all kind of gear. And then in the summertime, you rent them and you can drive to them. Uh, you know, so you can bring all the gear, bring your radios and, you know, have a little party at one out in the wood, do whatever you want, you know, just kind of hang out and sit and chill. It's really nice to do. We definitely have those summer, summer cabins. I don't know how many winter cabin options we have, but we went to a cabin in the winter, but that was not a cabin. That was an Airbnb on a lake. (laughs) It was a cabin. It was in the woods technically, but it was like in a popular lake community. Yeah. Yeah. We felt pretty alone out there though. Yeah. Oh, uh, what did you say? We walked out on the lake. Oh, there was an ice house out there, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and the scene, it looked identical to, I don't know if you guys have watched the new season of Dexter, but it looked identical to that, so mm-hmm. I was like, we're waiting oh. to get murdered here. We're on Dexter's property. <laughs> <laughs>
Now, you guys in Minnesota have something. Um, I was out by a lake or by the river uh, a couple years ago, and a guy showed up with a, with a camper to his truck, and it had the weirdest wheel wells I've ever seen. And the guy brings it up, and I'm like, what's up with that? And he's like, oh, I'll show you. And he unhooks his trailer, and he was setting up for the day, and he said he got it from Minnesota. And you can drop the whole trailer onto the ground. Oh, and the yeah. camper itself is an ice fishing camper. Yeah, yeah, uh-huh. that's a thing. Yeah, yeah. You, <laughs> yeah. So our ice uh, fish housing, they could be used as an ice fish house, or you can be using as a camper too. They yeah. go, they're vice versa. Yeah, that's yeah, super that common was, here. That, that was crazy. Like I've seen ice shacks and stuff, but like this was like a thirty foot camper. Like, yeah. Like a real deal. They got like they got windows yeah. and everything in it. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, it's a, it's a, he's like, oh yeah, no, there's like six portholes inside. We got heater, you know, it's it's a camper, you know. We got the TV, yeah, the heaters. Like, we're te- in Minnesota, we just drop yeah. it on the lake. And yep. just, yeah, like, like that is the, the loudest. Yep. <laughs> you guys are, are ice fishing, man. That's cool. I'm, I'm surprised. Wait, there's not a big ice fishing scene in Montana. They get just as cold as we do. Yeah, so so there's ice fishing for sure, and you uh, people have all kind of interesting ice shacks that they build and take around and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But as far as like a 30-foot camper that you just drive out on the lake and <laughs> yeah. it just drops flat onto the lake. Mm-hmm. That was new. You yeah, know, that like, sums uh, up a lot was... about our state. Yeah. Yep. You ever seen that uh, meme about Tinder and you set your location to Wisconsin and Minnesota and it's just a bunch of guys holding fish for all their yep. profiles? <laughs> That's all it is. <laughs> That's all it is. <laughs> uh, I, see, I see the joke memes now that there's a couple of those girls that do the uh, – uh, they go out in the water and stand in the rivers and stuff, but they hold their dildos or stuff like they're, they, um, <laughs> they hold it like a fit, like if a guy holds his fish, yep. you know, and they're all holding out display. <laughs> oh my god! Like, yeah, hold these like your fish, you know. But... That way, that way, you know what you're up against when you're swiping. Oh my god! <laughs> well, can't compete with that. Can't compete with that. <laughs> now I may have a chance with. Oh my god! <laughs> they're holding nothing. Yeah, I'll, I can. Only a miniature one. Oh yeah, I might have a chance with that one. Holding a toy lightsaber, <laughs> a toy, uh, toy lightsaber, <laughs> or like a bullet. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, they're they're holding they're holding like a like a baby cucumber they picked from the garden. <laughs> <laughs> they, they have a garden. <laughs> this, this lore is going too deep for me to follow. <laughs> so, Angelo, did you have uh, anything else you wanted to touch on? Um, I don't know too much. I just hanging out with you guys, seeing what's up. Like, <laughs> yeah, this is kind of interesting. Just yeah. I don't know hiking and such, but I don't know how long you guys go on for. Or so, or well, we're a little over an hour. You can keep going if you had more to talk about. Otherwise, we can wrap it up. It's up to you. You're the host. Oh well, <laughs> well, <I'm> not... <laughs> uh, no, I don't know. It's just yeah, it's cool chatting with you guys and such. And uh, I don't know, just yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's been uh, been really entertaining. Do you have anything you want to plug? Like socials, whatever. Doesn't matter. Any of that. Um, if you like pictures and such, uh, I, I have an Instagram, uh, venture dude, D O O D, uh, you know, venture dude. Um, but, uh, uh, I do a lot. I have a half decent camera that I go around with and take photos and, and such. And the last couple of years I've been, uh, uh, a couple of years ago, I, I need to come up with a, uh, present for Christmas for the family. And the easiest thing I found was, uh, Costco's website and building calendars. And so I started taking all of my photos and converting them into calendars and then stealing all of my friends and family's photos from their Facebook page and plugging them into their birthdays and oh, then just start sending that really out cool. for, for Christmas gifts, oh, right? Okay. And so it was an easy way to kind of do that. 
Uh, well, then a couple of years ago, my mom was like, well, just remove the birth dates and add a different picture and then sell them. Right. So the last couple of years, I've been like selling the calendars and such off of the, the Instagram at the end of the year, just a couple here and there, whatever. But, you know, just something fun to do to catalog your photos for the year of all the weird places you've been to. That's so cool. That's good. You've got an idea yeah. for your family, you know, making little calendars or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. That's kind of cool, actually. Yeah. Uh, but, did you guys have anything else you wanted to mention? Well, I would like to say if we ever have the chance to meet you. I gotta try some of your food. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Like, yeah, stay in touch, man. If you guys are ever in in the Montana area and coming out to the scene or whatever, going on vacation or traveling, you can totally hit me up. I'll show you some cool spots and some of the off the beaten path area where the tourists don't always hit and all that fun jazz. I'm still, yeah. I'm yeah. still gonna hold you to if we ever meet Gordon Ramsay. I'm still gonna hold you to your <laughs> yeah, competition go, with go, him. Go, hey, let's do it. Hey. <laughs> Hey, you gotta yeah, totally send, send, a, send a email Gordon. to Gordon yeah, Ramsey. Yeah, yeah, I think us. we gotta get a little bigger before he's gonna respond. <laughs> yeah, you just call him up real quick. No big deal. You know? <laughs> My people call your people. All right. Yeah, we, we always joke he has that video of how to make the perfect scrambled egg. You know, oh, yep, all the, yep. Uh, I actually still use that to this day. He like <laughs> adds that little sour cream to it and like slowly stir it in. And, like, yeah, they always joke at work, like, oh, you guys going to make perfect scrambled eggs? Like, <laughs> you guys want 20 minutes of ticket? <laughs> hey, those eggs are very good, though. I still use that to this day to cook my eggs. So the, the technique, I don't put sour cream in there. The technique, though, that he uses. Yeah, so. yeah that technique. Yeah. Yeah. Is it, yeah. the, that's how you've made so egg, the 15, eggs for 15 me? seconds on, 15 seconds off. Don't add the milk until um, the eggs are already slightly cooked. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Maybe I just have, like cheap taste buds or something because i don't like it yeah that's fine <laughs> <laughs> cheap taste buds it's, I don't know. it's the best it's the best egg i've ever had anyways um but, yeah, yeah it was very very entertaining to get to know you and get to know some stuff about you and i really want to say i appreciate coming on yeah that was a good podcast yeah, yeah it was good talking with you that was good listening oh, i appreciate more. you guys for bringing me on it was really cool I, uh, i've done twitch streams and other stuff but i haven't really done a podcast before so it's pretty cool uh yeah guys like yeah so taylor Jim? Jake. No. Close. Jake, Jake from State uh, Farm. Melissa Matt. <laughs> oh, way off on that one. It's oh, Emily. Man. Emily. No, I'm sorry. I'm uh, bad. I'm so bad with names. No, you're good. <laughs> it's totally cool. Thank you for listening to this episode. If you would like to be on an episode, you can email youarethehostpod at gmail.com. Also, if you'd like to stay updated, make sure you hit subscribe. Thanks again for listening to this episode. Again, my name is Jake. We'll see you next time. Bye.